Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Be The Man. And we couldn't do it without the man himself. The man of the hour, the nature boy. Ooh, the nature boy. Come on, Ric Flair. How are G-Man. you, man? Are you calling in from the Conradison or the new joint? Uh, I'm, I'm at the Conradison, and I know you're at the penthouse, high above the rest of Tampa, taking a look at those cruise ships coming in. What's going oh, on, yeah. man? How's everything? Fantastic. Great day yesterday. Hula Bay. Now you know what that means. I do battery and the queen kicked ass. Yes, she did, man. What she and Rhonda tore it down. What a great pay-per-view. You know, I know we don't normally talk about current stuff here on the program, but I saw a lot of my friends who were really down on backlash and thought, "Ah, I'm going to skip it. But man, when it was over, it's one of the better pay-per-views they've had in a long time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. It was great. Uh, of course we were glad to see Cody doing his thing. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, Charlotte goes down with a broken arm and well, we'll be pulling for her, but, uh, I think she'll live to fight another day. She will. She just has to make sure she takes the right amount of time off. You can't, once you have a fracture like that, you know, her, she's going to want to tape it up, but she you can't <laughs> tape up a fracture. Yeah. The old so, school, uh, rub some dirt on match. it. I, I got nothing bad to say about Rhonda. What a match. An incredible match. Go out of your way to see it. Even if you're really uh, like me and just more of a fan of the old school, there was enough old school stuff on that show last night to where you guys would really, really dig it. WrestleMania backlash is what we're talking about. And of course, before you know it, man, there's going to be some other big events that we're going to be talking about on here. But today we're talking about you guys. We're putting you in control. Ask Nate anything. Uh, we're, we're doing a couple of watch alongs back to back that we've really enjoyed we got to see you wrestle sting at the very first clash of the champions and break down some psychology there last week. We showed where Ricky steamboat beats you for the world title. 
in the coming weeks, we're going to watch you guys at the clash and then you guys blow it off in Nashville. Uh, but at least for now, we're going to let the fans ask the questions. And Rick, you said on Twitter, we could ask anything at all. Anything they want to know. So here we go. Let's jump into it. Uh, our first question here, I believe comes to, uh, from Mr. Seth Hicks. He wants to know, uh, was there ever anyone that you wanted to drop the belt to and just never got the opportunity? Um, anybody I wanted to drop the belt to and never got the opportunity. You know, oddly enough, I, I can't think of anybody that I wanted to drop the belt to that didn't get the opportunity. I know once upon a time, there, 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 there are some people I thought that were more deserving of it than people I dropped it to, but, um, I don't have an answer to that. I don't think there is the answer to that question. I don't think there is. Could you have, uh, could you have seen maybe dropping it to uh, Vader or Terry Funk or something like that? Yeah. DBIC. Oh, there you go. That would have been a big yeah. one. Yeah. I think if that had worked and he and I could have, could have had a, a good run against each other, very similar to <clears throat> Dory and Terry or, uh, you know, Terry and Harley, you know, I got, a, I get in the tail end of that. So uh, I, I was lucky enough to wrestle them both, but I, Tedra and I are both in our prime. So it would have been great. I know that there's a lot of water under the bridge now, but I think way back when, when you first jumped over to the WWF in 1991 and you were doing the whole real world's champion thing, uh, mm -hmm. eventually that became a legal matter where they didn't want you showing the belt on TV. So as a stopgap, I think Vince McMahon had Reggie parks, modify a tag belt. And they would just blur it out. But in the meantime, Reggie made a new belt that was the same shape as the big gold belt that yeah. a lot of wrestling fans and, and belt collectors refer to as the Vegas big gold, because you yeah. did, you showed it on a clash of the Champions skit, uh, where you were in Vegas and it was on the table. And I think as the story goes, maybe I have this right. You gifted that to Hunter years ago with a handwritten yeah. note that says, Hey, I wish I could have dropped this to you back in 86 or something like that. Right. True story. Wish I had that back. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool gift though. And, uh, what a cool little footnote, little trivia moment. Uh, let's do another one here. Sal paradise wants to know, does Rick have any cool Nick Bockwinkle stories? How did he like working with Nick? I don't have any great stories of Nick, Nick Bockwinkle. I just learned a lot from Nick. Nick was a really articulate guy, dressed sharp, had a very unique interview. Um, was a great worker and I, I just learned, I picked Nick's brain apart. You know, I only worked with him one time and actually in, uh, we wrestled an hour in Winnipeg when I was NWA champion. Um, ironically, Chris Jericho was in the front row. So that's how long ago that was, but wow, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I only, I only got to work with him one time, but I certainly learned a lot from him as a young, young guy breaking into business. And he always took the time to talk to me. Nick Bockwinkle is one of those guys who always was, was suited and booted and looked like a million bucks. Is that something that you took away as well? Yeah. Yeah. Very much. So the greatest line was <laughs> you eight to five humanoid lifers <laughs> would never understand who people like I am <laughs> eight to five humanoid lifer. Uh, is there a modern day Nick? Yeah, that, would be the, that would be the rocks jabroni line. Oh, of no, course. Old jabroni. Absolutely. <laughs> Humanoid, of course, was a, was a Bobby Heenanism later, at least yeah. when I saw it, but it's, it's nice Absolutely. to know it's a little nod to Nick. Yeah, he um, got that from Nick. Trust me. The eight to five humanoid lifers that want to be who I am. 
Talk to me about the way Nick carried himself. You know, he was the champion. It feels as if there that, was a big expectation. Hard, look great, handsome guy. He had it all. Is that in your mind? Was that half the battle? You know, these days, a lot of the guys, uh, they want to travel in comfort, you know, so they're going to be in sweats and t-shirts and what have you, but you and Nick Bockwinkle, man, you guys were showing up in three piece suits and the world title. Is it sort of, you know, dress for the job you want, not the one you have sort of deal. No, I think that the whole world is what you and I talk about a lot. <clears throat> Everything's more casual now. Yeah. Casual is comfortable and comfortable is, um, I mean, dressed casually, nice casually. That makes sense. Yeah. Not the Zuba deal, but nice casual clothes or, you know, and wardrobe, a nice casual wardrobe is <clears throat> a lot more accepted now than it was back when I was in champion. Yeah. But I do think it's cool when the guys come out in coat and ties. I like Cody dressing up like he does. Yep. I think he looks like a million dollars in it. He, 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 he looks different than anybody else. Just like Charlotte does. It's totally different. I, I realize he's not uh, on WWE programming, but to me, it's like Cody and Nick Aldis are like the two modern day guys who, who yeah. really got what you and Bachwinkle <clears throat> were doing with the suits and whatnot. Well, I got it from buddy actually, uh, as much as I got it from Nick, but when I first met buddy Rogers, I said, no, that that's kind of like where I'm going to go. Long before the gimmick even got going or in the infancy of the gimmick. Uh, answer man says, uh, best out of the ring memory in St. Louis, not including the night of the black scorpion, uh, or at, uh, pop slash Oz in Saget. I don't know what that means, but I know the whole black scorpion story, but what's your favorite? Yeah, well, pops and Oz were two, um, uh, after hours bars in East St. Louis. And you had to be half stuff to drive into that neighborhood. <laughs> so I've been down there when uh, with Piper and Jim Crockett and Bobby Orton Jr., who ended up going to jail that night. Sorry, Bobby, but these are just fun stories. <laughs> Not for anything malicious, just having fun. Um, and Kennedy's on the landing, man. I had more fun there. That was one of the great bars in the history of America, in my opinion. I, if, if Sam Mushnick, you know, if I got a, a big payoff, sometimes it was a lot. They paid us in cash. It was a lot gone before I caught that plane to Atlanta for TV <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> St. Louis was fun with a nature boy. Uh, when you were working for Sam, would you still stay at the Chase Hotel? Even if you weren't wrestling there, would you still stay no. there? Or do you have another no. spot? The Marriott? I was at the, Mar I was at the Marriott. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Airport Marriott, 18 to 28, no boyfriends, no husbands. Uh, even what, like maybe at this point, seven years ago, maybe eight years ago. I'm not sure, but I know you and I, uh, traveled together, went through St. Louis and then the next morning, man, that we're, airport, we're, that airport bar, Weston, right? Yes. Yeah, when, uh, when the bellhop lost, lost your bag. Case. Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> no, no, I did that. <laughs> well, here's what happened. So to give everybody the story, of course, everywhere Rick goes, it turns into a meet and greet. And that's just part of the gig of being on TV every day of your life for 40 years. So as we, meet and greets. <laughs> as we walk in back from a Monday night raw event, 
the guy's really happy to see you. And you said, Hey, sir, would you mind taking this bag to my room? And you drop him yeah. your bag and you give him some cash. And he's so excited that he's going to drop your bag off. Unfortunately, he dropped it off at the wrong room. So <laughs> yeah. a little later, buddy, you were in, Hey, where'd my bag go? Well, you paid yeah. that guy to drop it in your room. It's got a medication in it. What am I going to do? And so there's yeah. a little bit of As panic. Terry Taylor would say, I lost my bag. Yes. <laughs> Has anybody seen my bag? <laughs> Tremendous. And then the next morning, as we're uh, catching a flight back to Atlanta, uh, we're killing some time and, and there's nothing to do. So we go sit up at the, the hotel bar. They're not serving alcohol yet, but you can eat breakfast there or whatever. And one by one people come over to, uh, get their pictures and autographs and things like that. And the bartender who apparently was not a wrestling fan uh, at any point in your life says, who are you? And I just think you had the best response ever. Well, let me just spell it out for you. My okay. last name is F A M O U S. <laughs> I've used that a few times over the years. <laughs> Made me laugh. Made me laugh. Uh, Jeff wants to know, how did you feel about Crockett buying the UWF? And did you I got, see it? I got a better one for you. Okay. You know, the chick asked me yesterday. What'd she ask? She, she, a woman rather. She said, um, at Hula Bay, she said, is everything I saw about you in that documentary, the truth? And I said, well, yeah, pretty much. She said, that's not no way possible. I said, oh yeah, possible enough that I'm still sitting here and you're asking me. <laughs> And she said, I said, why do you, anything, anything about that you want to experience? And she said, no, I don't know. I said, well, don't be afraid to live the legend. And if you don't want to live the legend, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> don't be afraid to live the legend <laughs> is a great line. Yeah. And if you don't want to be, you can get on the woo and head back to me, or you can sit here with dumbass who's letting you talk to me all day long. Hey, so, so you brought up the woo, uh, you posted a couple of weeks ago, a picture, a picture of you and I on the back of your boat, which is renamed woo over a thousand horsepower. The dude does like 80 something miles an hour, a fantastic <laughs> boat. But then yesterday you sent me a picture of a freaking cigarette boat. What are you yeah, doing, Rick? Getting it right now. As we speak, it's in Boca Raton. It'll be here next time you're in town. It goes 120 miles an hour. <laughs> and and why does one need a boat that goes 120 miles an hour? I just, just look cuter. You saw it. <laughs> I mean, it's a hell of a machine. Yeah. They're very hard to find too, like that, in that kind of condition. Uh, how many horsepower yeah. is that boat? 1400, 1400 horsepower. Turbocharged both engines. <laughs> My God. And so is that going to be the new woo? Are you going to rewrap it or put your logo on it? Maybe I may call her the woo too. <laughs> I love it. So you're keeping the other boat. No. Oh, it's so it's a trade boat. Okay. I was yeah, thinking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not nearly as financially stable as the Connor as, as the people living in Conrad. Oh my gosh. I'm more organized than I ever have been, but I don't have quite that kind of payroll. The woo. Well, look out, boys and However, girls. Next time you come down here, I promise you, I will, I will find you a 65 foot sea ray that you'll drive home. <laughs> I, I'm landlocked. Yeah, Andy'll take you home, buddy. You've got the life set up with that guy, but I don't know about this cigarette boat business, man. Uh, a hundred <laughs> miles an hour on the water is is hauling ass. Yeah, we won't go that fast. Now it's just you and me. We're trying to get out of town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Megan's not about that. She'll just let, she'll wave from the dock and, and let us go do our thing. <laughs> yeah. Wendy and Megan both. Bye boys. 
Uh, so, uh, Jeff's got a question here. H- how did you feel about Crockett buying the UWF and did you see it as a missed opportunity? It's one of the reasons that, that, that they broke the company. And then of course, um, them bringing Steve in as the world champion. What, what, what does that do for you? The world champions, Steve Williams. So yeah. That broke the company. They paid, they had to pay that. They had to pay a bill. Um, I can't remember some exorbitant amount a month. Over. I think they paid $35 million for it. What, what was there to buy? Junkyard Dog was gone. DBS was gone. Duggan was gone. Freebirds were gone. Rock and Roll was gone. Midnight was gone. There was nothing to buy. Yeah, it, it feels like in hindsight, maybe a little more due diligence could have made that deal go a little better. Uh, well, I don't think Bill actually wound up getting paid everything that he had hoped for, but I think the Crockett's actually inherited a, a bunch of bills but in theory, they had a bunch of bills and gained nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Do it, they did just the opposite of what Vince did. Vince just went in and took over. I, I wanted to ask, uh, and, and help me set the record straight on this. Was the original idea almost like an invasion type angle of uh, interpromotional matches? So this no. company, okay. There was nothing to invade. The dog, junkyard dog had left. Ted had left. Freebirds had left. Rock and roll had left. Midnight had left. There was nothing else to invade. Well, you invade La- if you want to invade Lafayette, Indiana, invade it. You can have it forever. <laughs> just a, it's just a long drive. Did, <laughs> did you like uh, working the uh, the Watts territory? We've heard a lot from guys who said, man, it was just a brutal car schedule. Uh, well, I like working for Bill. Bill paid me very well, which people didn't think he would. And of course, I love the guys that were down there, so I did enjoy it. Yeah, I got to work with Jake down there a couple of times, a lot with Terry Taylor, um, with Steve a couple of times. Um, I'm trying to think who else I wrestled there a lot. Oh, I think I wrestled Magnum when he was when he was there. I mean, I wrestled a lot of really really talented guys. He had a lot of good talent. It just that was literally a like Crockett, a three to a three thousand to thirty five hundred mile a week territory. By car, the difference being in Louisiana, a lot of it was back roads and a lot less freeway. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Uh, Uncle J89 wants to know, what was the best match you ever saw in person uh, now, Rick, don't give us, uh, a Charlotte answer. So a non related answer. What's the best match you ever saw in person? Hmm. Best match I ever saw in person nowadays or old days, old days. Um, 
God, I don't know. You mean that I was in or just period? Period. Remove yourself. Yeah, I, remove I'm, Ashley. I'm you, I know it, 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 it probably wasn't the most technically the greatest match, but uh, anything that Ray and Nick were doing when I first started with Bobby Heenan, and they were wrestling everybody, but, you know, like they're wrestling Crusher and Bruiser, or they're wrestling Hercules Cortez and Red Bastien. I mean, they were just a great team. Um, and then, of course, I like Jack Briscoe and uh, and Harley were tremendous. Oh, my God. Um, what was it about Jack Briscoe that made him so great? You know, a lot of our listeners are, are really JCP forward fans, so I would say 85 forward, and they didn't really get to see Jack Briscoe at his peak. Yeah, well, Jack, what made him great was he was handsome and, and, uh, and tougher than shit. 31 and 0 his junior year, 31 pins at, at Oklahoma State. That says it all. And um, he would have represented the company and he would have represented the United States in, in the Olympics if he hadn't, uh, if his wife hadn't gotten pregnant. So, but he was that tough. And uh, the co- the competition between him and Harley, I mean, he wasn't afraid of Harley and Harley certainly wasn't afraid of him. It was great. But, um, and also Jack. Jack was a damn hard, handsome. It was hard for him to be a bad guy. You know what I mean? It, it just was, he was tough as he was. Real life, he just was so laid back. And um, just just a great guy, man. But, but double tough, man. Wow. I, I'll tell you who else could really work. Uh, great matches were um, Dick Murdoch and, and Terry Funk. Boy, had some great matches. Wow. Hmm. Mark Clark wants to know, I was at clash of the champions, mountain madness in Asheville, North Carolina, and swear that UNC's Brad Doherty was pulled out of the audience and later appeared as the black scorpion. Any memory of this? Well, I was there with Brad Doherty, Brad, Brad played at UNC, you know, then he played for Cleveland. Then he got into NASCAR. So I brought Brad with me. I think his wife is from Asheville, North Carolina, either that or his then wife, um, Actually, I'm not sure what the status is right now. I, or she was from Daytona, but Brad and I were real close friends. So I don't see him much now, but um, I brought him to the event with me, but it had nothing to do with the Black Scorpion. Yeah, I didn't think so. I thought, man, that'd be, I would have heard about that. Yeah. Uh, Paul wants to know, my question for Rick would be, if he was 33 years old today and active, which active guys would be in his four horsemen? Uh, Roman, Randy. Two more. No, one more. So it's Rick, yeah. Roman, Randy, and Rick, Roman, Randy, and um Wow. I'm trying to think of one that fits right in that group perfectly. Rick, Randy, Roman. You want to know something? Cody Rhodes. Oh, there you go. Cody Rhodes. There's the answer. I had to think for a second. That's a big time crew right there. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, that would have been great. Randy, arguably, and I don't, I'll argue, I, it's not even argue. Randy's the best performer in the business. Right. Male. There's no, no argument. If you were looking. And, and, and what makes him, aside from his skill, is every role they put him in, he's successful at. Hmm. And God only knows he's helped, um, who I think is a great kid as well. Um, Riddle, Matt, Matt Riddle, yeah, really, yeah. really make make some strides and gain this business. And Riddle should forever be indebted 
and be thankful for the opportunity to work with Randy. And, he, and I'm sure he is. He's a very, very nice, humble kid. And a legit badass. I mean, with a UFC yeah. background, awesome yeah. wrestling background, he can hold his own. With a tear in my Every time I see him, he goes, with a tear in my Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Connolly wants to know, which WWF main eventer in 1989 uh, have you demanded more money to a face in the ring? The Ultimate Warrior or Zeus? Which WWF main eventer in 1989 would what? Would you have demanded more money to face in the ring? The Ultimate Warrior or Zeus? I wouldn't have demanded any money. Why, why would I demand more money to wrestle them? Yeah, I think the implication is neither one of these guys were very good, and you'd have to be taking your own life into your hands to wrestle them. <laughs> well, you can't say that about the Ultimate Warrior. He, they took me off the opening of the show and put the, the UW up there. So yeah, he must have been better than me. Um. Drew Landry says you once said sting was your toughest opponent. What match between the two made you realize this? Did you just mean in terms of, um, I don't mean tough, like a street fight tough, or at least that's yeah. not the way I took it from you. I took it as, you know, yeah. he, he's probably most synonymous with you from the WCW era. Is he not? I think so. I mean, they tried to get away from that, but I think that they, that allows you recognizes something that was very important for both of our careers. I needed a good opponent. He was that good opponent. He became great. Um, I would know. I would never put Steve in my, when I, when I use that word tough, it doesn't exist in the business anymore, but my toughest opponent would always be Harley race. Uh, who, who was, was not only a great worker, but real tough. Yeah. For real. Yeah. No shit. Uh, Dion Sutton wants to know when you came back to WWE, did you ever want to be world champ again? Of course he's talking about when you came back at the end of O two. I never even thought about it. Well, when I came back at WWE. Yeah. I guess it was late. Oh, one. You came in. Oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I never even gave it a second thought. As a matter of fact, when I, they gave me the word, I'd never have to wrestle again. <laughs> that lasted a month. <laughs> Because I had, at that point, my self-confidence was way, way off. As you know, we've talked about it. And I would have never been prepared to wrestle for the world championship again. Well, I'll tell you. they Not, did get... not, not with the talent they had there then. My God. <clears throat> when I came back, they had so much talent. Good Lord. Well, they did. I'm just lucky I found a piece of it. I was, I'm lucky that I was able to become a, a component in that huge scheme. Well, one of your last title shots, because I remember you having two on TV, one in a ladder match against edge that I thought was tremendous. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you and Hunter, uh, where it was a little storyline twist where you were Hunter second. And then he had to pick his own opponent the night after a pay-per-view where he had, Mm -hmm. I think uh, taped up ribs after wrestling Kevin Nash. Maybe that was Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, Greenville. You, you cut yeah. an incredible promo, and it was like your last title shot, or so you was positioned. And man, those yeah. two in particular, the suspension of disbelief for me as a fan watching at home, it's like, oh my god, they're going to do it. They're going to give him one last run, and it yeah. didn't happen. But they were great matches, man. Well, thank you. You know, I never thought I had a great match after I got back there, but I appreciate people thinking that they were tolerable. I mean, I think we had some great moments, but I. I look back, look back at now. If I had the self confidence and back then that I have in life now, I could, I could have really contributed to the, to the company. 
because I feel great, you know, knock on wood. Let's, uh, let's do another one here. When did the idea for the little strut and face plant, as well as the attempts to jump off the top rope, come up and, uh, were there stories behind these ideas? Well, I think with the face bump, it wasn't, uh, I've, I've said before, as my, as my athletic skills declined or slowed down, I started doing it more. Um, but I was, I was really good when I first did it the first couple of times. I just don't know. I just, <laughs> I just watched the old man, Johnny Valentine, feeling Wahoo trade. John could not fall on his back. And John would, Wahoo would just trade. And John would just, boom, just fall over dead like a big tree. So I just started adding that to it. And, you know, I, it got such a pop out of everybody. I couldn't help but throw it in the repertoire. How stupid is that? Falling on your face and people going, yay. <laughs> uh, well, it works, man. The, fla- the, the, the flare that, flop that is... and the referee push are the two cheapest I've ever done in the business. People still love it though. I mean, all these years later, whenever Charlotte does the old face flop, it's the same, yeah, same reaction. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Uh, it's fun. That's when you know the business fun when you can get the people to laugh like that. When I used to do it. I used to go on European tours and Hunter and I and Sean and be tag team partners and all three of us like in London, 21,000 people, all three of us, I'd go boom and Hunter would go boom, Sean would go down and the place would go crazy. Sean would take me and he'd go, he'd go, <laughs> take my t- you know that thing I used to have when I thought my heart was racing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd go like this in Europe and take in. <laughs> oh, yeah, so damn much fun. Mm. <laughs> the good old days. Oh, God, you're telling me. Uh, Michael McClellan. That's back when the, where they would let us spend the night, man, or we'd roar in the bus. Boom, from one city to the other. Uh, we were like the Beatles, man. It was great. <laughs> Michael McClanahan asks, as someone who honed their craft in the territory system, what are Rick's thoughts on the modern day professional wrestling schools and developmental programs? What elements, if any, of the territory system does Rick wish were still a part of modern wrestling? Well, I just think the territories were because you could wrestle every night, provide the kids, provide the, the young, younger kids would provide the young kids now more opportunity to work <clears throat> and that's working with different people when you're training at the at the uh, um in orlando at the um nxt center um it, it, it's just you're wrestling the same guys every day and it, it, it's hard to learn i mean you can you can learn technique you can learn you know the fundamentals you can learn how to take bumps but until you're actually wrestling in front of a live crowd with somebody different every night, not every night, but you know, four or five times a week. It, it that's why it takes the kids longer. They can show up and they can have the greatest look in the world. They can go all the moves and all that. But if you don't know when to do them at the right time, don't know how to sell, you know, like these nowadays, a, 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 a heel will take a great bump and boom, but he'll be standing up before the bay face gets up. No clue, no psychology. Because you can't learn that in, in a gym 
practicing with 70 guys on the floor watching you. You got to have those, the those reps. The law just need to be laid down. Right. By the crowd, not by some instructor. And they have some great instructors over there. Don't misunderstand me. Smiley, Terry Taylor, all those guys are really good, but it's not the same as working in front of a live crowd, even if it's a couple hundred people, which I have more times than I can care, care to mention. But you will learn something from that. Put your foot on the ropes at the right time. Make sure when you put your foot on the ropes that the guy underneath you're holding down. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, do, if you don't, if the guy that you're holding down doesn't sell you putting your foot on the ropes for advantage, supposedly thinking you can hurt him more, it means nothing. Right. The guy in the bottom's got to sell it all for you. That, that's, the, that's the little stuff that's lost. Punching, kicking. I mean, there are so many guys working right now and, that have fundamental, no fundamentals. I mean, it's absurd. You can't punch and kick. You cannot, you can, you can be good, but you will never be great. Never. Aiden asks, who was your favorite tag team partner? Oh, Arn. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Why was he the right partner? Why was that easy? Just y'all's real life relationship? Yeah. Yeah. We just laughed, loved each other, and we didn't talk about shit with anybody. We just went out there. He was a great ring general. Just had fun. I had fun with Greg, but Arm was just, uh, and Greg and I, but Arm and I were so much closer and had so damn much fun on the road. I've had 17 nervous breakdowns with Arm. He's held me together better than any shrink I ever paid. <laughs> Good for you. Everybody needs a friend like that. Huh? Everybody needs a friend like that. Oh, yeah. I've had 17 nervous breakdowns. I stayed at his house one night and I slept at the bottom foot of his bed. <laughs> That's tremendous. <laughs> he tried he tried to tuck me into the guest bedroom when that last spot. I was like, I really had cracked. Was it the end of the 47 degree Great American Bash tour? And I was flipped in the words of our I don't know what to say. Hey, Aaron, can I sleep at the, the bottom of the bed? That's tremendous. <laughs> Like a puppy, like, 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 like your Nate's puppy now, but the real yeah. Nate at the foot of Arn's bed, little Nate. Yep. Tremendous. Hey, by the way, speaking of tremendous, go check out rickflareshop.com. They've got tons of really cool stuff. You got hats, you got masks, you got uh coffee cups, you got t-shirts, uh, hoodies, even some socks that have the signature RF on the outside, even a Ric Flair costume mask, something for everybody over at rickflareshop.com. Isn't that right, Rick? That's it. RickFlairShop.com. Go, Wendy, go. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at savewithconrad.com. Christoph Hankerson wants to know, what was the craziest thing you did on the road while you were in evolution? 
in evolution, the craziest thing ever done in the road? Well, Hunter didn't go out. Randy kind of strayed away because he, you know, you know, we were, we were living pretty large. And I guess the, the best times I have is taking Dave Batista to, to these country bars in these small towns and having Dave take off his shirt. <laughs> the girls like Dave. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, Hunter spent more money on food than I spent on booze. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you can't. You eat six New York strips a day <laughs> at thirty bucks a piece. That adds up. <laughs> uh, Matt wants to know how did you learn that your daughter was going to headline WrestleMania, and what were your thoughts or emotions in response? You mean in New York? Yeah. Just to contextualize that, by the way, I just want to remind everybody, you've had a lot of big WrestleMania moments. I mean, I think most people think about your match with Shawn Michaels and they still talk about it as one of the greatest WrestleMania moments in history, but it didn't go on last. And even when you were the world champ and you had an opportunity to defend it against the macho man, it was for the world title, but Hulk went on last. And now after all these years, uh, ultimately you never had that honor of going on last WrestleMania, but your daughter does. And I just. Me knowing you like I know you, you had to be tickled for her. No, I was thrilled. You know, I told you they asked me, um, they, they actually asked me if I wanted to go on last in Orlando. And I said, God, absolutely not. I mean, I was already embarrassed by how much attention I was getting. Not embarrassed. That's not a good word. I loved all the attention I was getting, but I wasn't going to ask the world champion, whoever it was at that time, you know, go go over and say, hey, thank you for this. And I mean, I'd rather have just, I'd, I'd rather know that it's one of the greatest moments, I think, in the history of the business because it was very real. Number one. Number two, I was working with the best worker in the history of the business. And number three, it was, it was my life. And, uh, and I've said this many times, but I wish, I just wish I hadn't gone back into the ring. But when you get divorced four times, man, it costs money. So I went back to work. Um, but even to this day, I miss it. You know, I'm even thinking about doing something now, but you know, I got to put more thought into that, but I, um, getting back to Ashley, it's, it's just huge. I mean, I understand why they, uh, why Steve and, uh, Steve went on last on the first night. Um, I, I think they should have main evented the first night, but at the same time, I understand because of Steve's status and who he is in the business, why they put him on last. So, and they, and they, and they, they were great. Steve was awesome. As was Kevin Owen. Brad Stanton wants to know, how did you like going to Saudi Arabia? It's not something a lot of our listeners are going to be able to answer, but you've been, what'd you think? I didn't mind it at all, but I got, to, I went private uh, with Hulk. I didn't go commercial. I didn't have that. I didn't, it wasn't part of that delayed re that delayed, uh, flight home. Um, Delayed getting home. I'm not sure what that would like that. Um, I got to go halt private with Hulk. As a matter of fact, our plane was the last one to take off before they closed it down. So Hulk and I just barely made it out of there. Brock chartered as well. I, I think Vince did too. So um, don't know the whole story behind that. I just know that I probably wouldn't have been that comfortable. The people were great. I mean, not, I never felt any hostility from anybody. I just felt like they're, they're gracious and 
respected us and, and they, you know, obviously it worked out cause we're back there again, making millions. They are. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, Matt Godfrey wants to know two questions for the nature boy, which current AEW star would you time travel to the NWA to feud with you? And uh, question two, if you could run an NFL team, what team would it be? Let's do the NFL question first. You can run any NFL team. Do you want to run your old Minnesota Vikings from way back when, or is there another team you'd rather captain the ship of? Just to hang out with them. I'd like to run the Buccaneers. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. I should have been to Kentucky Derby with Tom and Michael. (laughs) They were showing all all the goats yesterday. (laughs) Tom added a platinum Rolex. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You haven't seen that picture? No. It, it, it's, um, the, the four goats, it was, um, Tom and, um, Michael and, um, that the, um, soccer player, uh, Beckham, oh, David and, Beckham and Lewis Hamilton and Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. They've called the four. I should have been there. That would have been five goats. I got invited too. <laughs> and you said Tom was rocking the, uh, the platinum early that day. Oh yeah. Blackface. I saw it. Can't miss it. Rolex owes me a damn commercial, Conrad. It's just bullshit. I do. It's the reason I got one. Hey, I know. Well, you got more than one. <laughs> hey, so uh, the other. I, I used to have four. I just lost a few along the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of them you just threw in a bowl of spaghetti. And... <laughs> Apparently. That's what I was told. <laughs> tell, tell me about uh, the AEW side of things. If you could go defend your AEW title against, uh, or your NWA title way back when, you're going to time travel somebody from the current AEW roster, who would it be? Kenny Omega? I would be Kenny or, uh, I really like that. Um, MJF MJF. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he, he he went on, he, he said to somebody, I saw it the other day where he said that Piper was the greatest talker of all time. And I wanted to tweet out that you're only saying that because he's dead. Greatest talker of all time is over here in Tampa. Anytime you want to go heads up, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> oh, so you'd like to do a little promo battle with MJF? That'd be fun. Hell yeah. Wade Lamb wants to know in 2008, your first post WWE appearance was at a pro wrestling syndicate show in Jacksonville, North Carolina. You signed autograph and took pictures. What made you do smaller shows on the independent circuit? And why did you choose to do so? Um, well, I got offered a, a, a contract by a guy that I, I don't get along with very well now. You know who it is. It's not going to matter. To do appearances and sign, and it was a lot of money. So I was getting, I can't remember, I want to say $15,000 for those, for an hour. You know, now I charge a lot more now. Or it was probably two hours back then. I charge a lot more now, but I just like to interact with the fans. Who doesn't? They, they, the ones that made me a living for so long. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been very open about how hard it was for me to, to walk away from the business. It just was, I, I don't think that, it, you know, that was a result of a lot of issues, my marital issues. I just couldn't sit home. It'll be 50 years in September, Conrad, 50 years of doing this and being around it and talking about it and seeing it and watching today. And, even more involved now probably than I have been in a long time because of Ashley's success. It's hard to walk away from. Yeah. And anybody, anybody that, you know, it's like Randy has been there celebrating and just 
Randy's 20th anniversary. I was there the day it started. Wow. And Randy's just getting going. Bar an injury, Randy will be the best worker in the business for a long time. It's hard to imagine he's been around 20 like years. Charlotte, until, until those two decide to go home, they'll be the best in the business. Hey, bar an injury, knock on wood. How much longer do you think realistically Charlotte will, will continue to do this? A lot of people think that, you know, the, the, the life cycle or the, uh, the career, uh, of, of, of the female competitors is typically a little shorter. What would you expect from her? The shape she's in the condition she's in and the athletic ability at a higher level now than I've ever seen it until she wants to walk away. Yeah. She, she gets better every day. It just, that's unheard of. She gets better every day. Low quality music productions asks, what's the strangest thing you saw while in North Korea and how scared were you that you'd be killed after Ali's remark? Oh, I was never afraid of getting killed. I just didn't want to be detained. I don't right. think about dying as much as being detained. Yeah. And sitting in a six by six cell. If that makes sense. Sure. That's never, that's never been something I wanted to do. Did you see <laughs> something strange over there? Anything that you thought, man, this is weird. Oh, the whole thing was, man. When we landed, taking our passports, separating us all. I don't know. It was a strange experience. I think everybody felt really intimidated. And then, of course, when they wanted me to make that statement that I left, um, that I walked through Eric immediately with, I said, you know, I can't say that I think North Korea is stronger than the United States of America. I'm not going home with that coming out of my mouth. So um, just a, you know, awkward, an awkward experience. And I... You know, just for the record, Dennis Robbins wanted me to go back with him a couple of times. I said, Dennis, you're out of your mind. And for a lot of money, I'm not going back there. <laughs> Dave McClay says, what were your plans for WrestleMania nine? Or did you know you were leaving the company at that point? Had you stuck around, do you know what you would have been doing, Rick? WrestleMania nine. I mean, um, you left in January. After. Yeah. With Mr. Perfect on Monday. Night oh, I would have been, I would have been in a, in a, in a demoted role. Vince came up to me and said, watch, watch you back. He was booking in Atlanta. Um, I know you stay in touch with them. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go young. And that meant, you know, I wouldn't be figured in. And I said, okay, thank you. And then I, that initiated the, the, uh, um, Lose or leave town or whatever match I had with Kurt on Raw on the second show. And I went back. And I, wish, I almost wish I'd stay now because it was such a disaster when I got back. But, you know, if you think about it, one of the biggest mysteries to me in the history of this business, and I mean, there have been a lot of historical statements made and things said, but how does WCW go broke and we end up where it is? Yeah. How is it possible? All that talent. I mean, it's just insanity. Think about it. It's crazy. You know, especially when you it consider Ted, it was Ted Turner's company. I think 1998, they had something like 50 or $60 million in profit. And then by yeah. 2000, they had lost more than that. It's unbelievable. Only one year they made money. I think. Uh, they made money in 95, 96, 97, and 98, uh, and they 99, did, okay. but in 2000, it was such a huge loss in 2000. As the phrase goes, the worm had turned 
and it yeah. did not look good. Oh, I know they made money in '95 because that's I, I, I didn't, that we talked about there. I didn't realize that that pay per view with Hogan and I allowed them the budget to start doing Nitro. I find out all these things 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Justin Bracken wants to know, you worked a lot with Randy Savage in WCW. We know that he liked to have everything planned out and you were the opposite. How did that go when you guys had a match? Any other interesting stories about Randy? No, I just liked, I liked Randy a lot personally. I just told him, forget it. I wasn't going to, I couldn't work like that. I did at WrestleMania for him. But I, after that, I said, forget it. We're going to call it the ring. I'm the, I'm the heel. You're the Bay face. Anyway, just listen up. Huh. That was it. Middle kingdom wrestling asks, hello, Mr. 16 time world champion, Ric Flair. We're big fans of you in China. And many of our wrestlers at middle kingdom wrestling have been inspired by you. The woo chant for chops is not uncommon at a Chinese wrestling audience. Our question is. What are three countries that you didn't have a chance to wrestle in in your legendary career that you wish you could have wrestled in? Thank you, Mr. Flair from China. Well, China would be one of them. I'm trying to think where else I wasn't able to wrestle. Did you wrestle um, in Russia? I did not. I did not wrestle wrestle in Russia. Um, oh, let me see. I wrestled in Afghanistan. I did not wrestle in Iraq. I wasn't on that tour. Um, I've been in Singapore, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Australia, Japan many times, Korea many times. Um, Did you wrestle in France, Italy? Yeah, all, 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 all every European country. I see. Yep, for sure. Um, sure. I don't know. I mean, I I laid over in Shanghai. I know I've got it's a beautiful city, and I I, I guess I'd have to say China and maybe um. I never got to wrestle in South America either. Okay. So like Brazil or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, Eric wants to know, I was wondering what are your thoughts on Rick Martell at, uh, one of the hall of fame inductions. You made comments about Stan Hansen getting pinned by Martell and not you. And also I was wondering if you believe Greg Valentine could have been a good fit in the horseman. I think he could have been a great member in the late eighties, even if he really wasn't a show stealer in the ring by that point. So um, let, let's do it backwards. Well, what do you think of Greg Valentine? Could he have been a horseman? I could see. Oh that yeah, working. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If he, if he hadn't been up in New York, <laughs> absolutely. Greg was a horseman big time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's never been putting that equation. I've been asked that question before, but yeah, Greg would have fit in perfectly. Um, Trying to think who else would have been great in that role. What about Rick Martell? You and I've never talked about him. He's kind of a recluse. It feels like he hasn't done a lot in the wrestling space. And a lot of wrestling fans think he should be in the WWE hall of fame. Uh, I totally agree, but you and I never spoke. What'd you think of Rick and his work? Fantastic. And he most definitely should be a hall of famer. Not as a model, but as Rick Martell. Right. The AWA champion, Rick Martell. Yeah. 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 He was really good. I wrestled him as, as the NWA versus AWA in, in Tokyo. We stole it. Kind of like a mistake they made to put me and Steamboat on in Tokyo one time. Bad mistake on Baba's part. Because nobody can follow that at that point, right? Nothing. Not even close. And Steamboat being half Japanese made it really easy. Right. Uh, Jeff wants to know, you came to Abilene for Super Bowl 50 for the Bill Gates tailgate party. And the first thing I asked you, Hey, where's Sean? 
And I had asked that because I knew you guys were friends and Sean had bought a ranch here. I was wondering if you ever spent any time with Sean at his place out there. It was an honor meeting you and it was a blast watching the Super Bowl and having some Miller lights with the man. You ever go to Sean's ranch? I never did. No, he sold that. Now he, he's in uh he's in Florida now, he lives, right? He lives in, uh, in Lakeland. There you go. It's just up right, but it's right in the middle between Tampa and Orlando, but he had a beautiful place. I, um, Abilene, yeah, I wrestled there a lot with the Von Erics. Yeah. My experience in Abilene, I had a great time with Chris, of course, the event he's talking about. Um, yeah, Abilene is kind of like when I went to see Steve when he had that ranch in San Antonio that I thought I was on the way to Afghanistan. There were so many dirt roads to get to his place, and I pulled up to Steve's place, and I thought I'd be seeing something like J.R. had in the movies, right? Hell, it's Steve Austin, right? It was four double wides. <laughs> on, on, on a pond. <laughs> so, you know, I just, that, that's my thoughts of Alvin. I like parts, I like Dallas. I like Houston. I like San Antonio. I like Corpus, but West Texas and me just, you know, let's see eye to eye. Josh D. Who, it's a little bit too dusty out there for me. I went to a sushi place in Amarillo with the Funks one time before I had to wrestle Terry. In the 80s, who eats sushi in Amarillo, Texas in the 80s? I was sick for a week. Josh Deke wants to know which member of Evolution would have fit in the 86 Horsemen and which member in their prime do you think would have fit in Evolution? So that's a fun question. Who from evolution could go back and plug into the 86 horsemen and who from the horsemen could plug into evolution and 86 and, and run with us or just be a member. Of them? Uh, well, yeah, let, let's, let's switch two guys. So does Tully go up and he's a member of evolution and Randy comes down or what would you say? No, aren't a member of evolution. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And, and the guy that would come down would be Dave. I like it. Yeah, uh, Dave was, you know, he, he had to settle down like everybody had to. But Dave, Dave was a lot of fun. I had a great, I hung a lot, I hung out a lot with Dave because he, he didn't like going to bed early either. <laughs> well, I think that's something you guys have in common. <laughs> and the horseman, we never went to bed. <laughs> uh, Rajiv wants to know, was the woo off with Jay lethal and TNA improvised or planned? That's one of my favorite moments of TV of all time. Totally improvised. How great is that? Yeah, I know. We know who saw that coming. You can't improvise that. No. <laughs> How's Jay doing? I, I, you guys are... I didn't have a, a coronary or burst an artery in my head and have a stroke. When did you first know that Jay could do Ric Flair impressions? About a month before that, he was doing them for me backstage. He could do Savage really good too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So Jay's a very entertaining guy. God, I I think the world of him. I'm I'm glad he's with AEW now. Uh, Adam Arpin wants to know: In your first uh, run in the WWF, we see Shawn Michaels turn heel a few weeks before the '92 Royal Rumble. Yourself being the biggest heel in wrestling at the time, did Sean come to you for any advice on his transition or did you offer up any of your own at the time? I don't think so. No. Um, I don't remember asking me anything like that. 
you know, you're not going to remember, Sean's 20 years younger than me. I like Taker and Steve and all those guys. So I didn't hang around Sean that much. <clears throat> um, you know, you know, I, I, um, uh, you know, back then I was hanging out with DiBiase, and, uh, Terry Taylor a lot, um, Kurt, um, a little bit different crowd than Sean was. I think he, you know, Sean had, had his friends there too, but, um, until you brought this up, I'd forgotten that he was just, had just turned heel with God, what a what a great performer he he became, huh? Holy cow! An incredibly great performer. And uh, by the way, as a great performer, you're also probably the breadwinner. I want to remind everybody that uh, life insurance is not about you; it's about your family. And at least to me, it's really about peace of mind. Let's just think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, but we don't know if we're ever even really going to have a need for it. But let me smarten you up on a little secret here. You need life insurance. Now, as you let that reality sink in, let me ask what would happen to your family without your income? If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, uh, I lost two friends in their forties in the last couple of years, both left behind kids and wives. And I'm really glad that they had life insurance, but what if something happened to you? If you don't have a plan, I recommend goliathlife.com because they streamline the life insurance process. They allow you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes. You'll pick your terms and your payments to fit your budget. Once you pick your price, you'll start the online application immediately. And even if you need a medical exam, well, they'll come to you and I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I got to skip the phone calls, the paperwork, all the crazy invasive conversations. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees. There's no upsells. There's no hassle. Hell, there's not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands on your time. So get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks at goliathlife.com. Uh, and, and Rick, uh, that's going to bring us to, uh, the end of today's show. No, I can't believe it, but we're already at the top of the hour, but next week we're going to do something pretty special. As long as you and I have been doing this together, we haven't had a guest, but next week. We're not only going to have a guest, but we're going to watch you guys hook it up. It's you versus the one and only Ricky Morton, one half of the rock and roll express. One of the more underrated matches of your entire career, what it was like working with Ricky, what it was like being in the oh. cage. And even the backdrop takes a flare bump. We're <laughs> ready for Ricky Morton next week. Are we not? <laughs> yeah. It makes me laugh. We did. I told you we did 18 hour draws, consecutive hour draws. 18, nine a week, two weeks in a row. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, twice on Saturday, twice on Friday, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday for two weeks. <laughs> I don't know how you made it, but somehow you did. And we're going to make it to next week. Ricky Morton will be joining us. I can't wait for you guys to catch up. And that, I got the background knocker down. <laughs> I got, I, I got to ask wh what the hell was going on at WrestleCon? All of a sudden you guys just broke out into a fight right there in the middle of the thing. We're going to cover all of that next week. Oh, right. Punk here still thinks he can go. He still thinks he can what the hell. Well, I think it's time to take him to school. We'll find out a lot more next week, right here on to be the man. Tell your friends, <laughs> hit you that five, the man. hit that five-star subscribe button. Tell all your friends, Ric Flair is back podcasting, having a good time, and we'll see you next week right here.
If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, savewithconrad.com.